to Trek Companion. This is episode 330. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to discuss Star Trek Prodigy's first season episodes, All the World's a Stage, and Crossroads. Here we go. All the World's a Stage, season one, episode 13. Original release date, November 10th, 2022. Directed by Andrew L. Schmidt, written by Aaron J. Walker. Guest cast include Jason Alexander as Dr. Noom, David Diggs as Commander Tysis, Jamila Jamil as Asensia, and Samantha Smith as Cadet Hura. Protostar crew respond to a distress call from an M-Class planet, except for Murph, who is unwell. They discover an alien race called the Enterprisians, who revere and imitate Starfleet. The crew learn through an elaborate stage performance of Enterprisian history there is a mysterious disease emanating from the forest affecting the villagers. No Federation ship's been near this sector in over a hundred years, and there's no record of first contact. They're not Starfleet. You have answered the call. Oh, you mean the distress call? The call of Enson. A day we feared would never come, but you're here. Here at last. Indeed, we must inform the Starflight Command. Live logs and proper. Starflight, come in. Starflight, Federation has arrived. Steve, kick us off on All the World's a Stage. All right, yeah, All the World's a Stage. So um, this this episode is an odd one. It's, it's kind of a stunt episode in a sense you know let's do this joke of you know <laughs> imitating original series actors and find, finding a way to make it make some sense in the show or whatever i mean the uh a fair amount of gravity with the notion that the galileo shuttle is you know there and we see its fate and all this kind of thing that's interesting um again they're kind of uh doing what they do have done pretty well where they have like an an episode that's standalone it's got its own thing going on there but you have the the various uh long-running plots that are continuing through this we see what's happening with uh admiral janeway and their search for for them and the protostar while this one's going on um and meanwhile um this specific thing is going on on this planet with uh another thing we've kind of seen before in other episodes too where radiation of a, of a sense is is destroying a culture and they think it's not they don't know what it is what radiation it is but it's making everyone sick there's that kind of thing that we've seen done in other episodes and whatnot um it's 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 kind of silly. It's funny, the imitations, like, very briefly, but otherwise, not really my favorite. It's another example of one where if it was an hour episode instead of a 30-minute episode, it would probably wear out its welcome a little faster because it is right, a little bit right. of a one-trick pony. But, but you know, I, I thought it was – I think it's fun. The, the scene when they're doing the little play, it very specifically reminded me of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Which I'm sure I'm the only person who <laughs> thought this, but tomorrow, Tomorrowland, and all the kids, you know, uh, we kept it, we kept it straight, <laughs> Walker. But I, I like that movie. <laughs> uh, Adam, your first thoughts? Um, yeah, Brian, I'm, I'm with you. I I enjoyed it. It's it's not a deep episode, and yeah, if you, I'm, you're absolutely right. If it was an hour long episode, they would have had to have a whole another plot line going on more with Janeway and what's going on on that ship to, to fill this out. But I'll, it is silly, but I think it's a, it's a creative way to introduce young people to the other elements of Star Trek, namely in this episode, the, the original cast, the original series. 
I don't know if that was done intentionally or, or not, but it's a cute way to, you know, hey, there's there's Trek and there's history here. Um, after you're done watching the show, maybe you might want to go check that out. So, I mean, uh, from that aspect, I, I like I like what they were doing there. But like like I also agree with Steve. It's it's not a very deep episode. There's I don't know how how much we'll get into what this is about. But yeah, I was entertained, like you, Brian. Well, we do get a smidge of the what's happening on with Janeway and the what's it called the, the Dauntless. Yeah, yeah, Dauntless. The mushroom. Dauntless or Dauntless? Two syllables. No, I think three? it's two. Two syllables. Dauntless. Okay. Yeah, looks like a big mushroom to me. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. We do get a little bit of that like at the very, very beginning of the episode, but after that, I don't think it shows any more of them. No, I don't think they go back to them. I, I like all the little sound alike East you know, the Federation and Starflight and somebody had some fun coming up with those, some of those terms. It's an interesting mystery, you know, and then, you know, the half the episode starts out the mystery of this, this plague, um, what's diseasing, what's causing these villagers to die. So you have that mystery of them, you know, going on. I mean, it's, they go off and find out and investigate and find out what it is. Like I said, sometimes you have to realize like who the audience is for this it's sometimes it's kept really simple well, that's that's a good point yeah quite impressive that uh, they were able to figure out how to fly those aliens real fly the well, ship they just needed by changing the like consoles the, yeah. yeah that's all they needed so then they were good to go uh, but remembering uh who it's for steve do you have a a child report for us yeah i think she liked it fine uh my daughter liked it this one fine she didn't comment too much on it it was kind of it was kind of a no comment sort of episode. Mm. There wasn't a lot of questions. Not, I mean, it seemed she was interested enough to watch it, but it just it didn't spark much. I don't know, you know. But does she ever say that sucked? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell what, what the kind of stuff she likes more than others, though. I mean, usually yeah. it's the funny stuff or the actiony stuff, or, of course, naturally. Mm. But yeah, Brian, I, I can actually picture you there in your home theater room going that sucks <laughs> when i was six right okay we'll uh, go with that this david lynch dune movie is terrible <laughs> maybe your language is a little more colorful in your yeah your, that's really true. your prime years so i guess garavik told them all about james t kirk and sulu and everybody i mean yeah, I mean, I, I, that's that's something they don't fully explain, do they? I mean, they would have had to essentially, like, read or listen to logs over and over and over again for this to, I, I don't know, something. I think that's that Fred, uh, right? That's the Fred guy that shacks from uh, Lower Decks doing those James Kirk and... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Live logs and proper. That one, I don't actually know what that means. I don't know what live logs and proper means. Right, I, I don't understand that. It was fun, of course, to see the the Galileo. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. I was wondering, Brian, and maybe this is one of your is that linked to any episode where the Galileo and that crewman disappeared? Well, we saw not not the two of them together, but we did see a we saw the Galileo, and then later in the original series, we saw the Galileo too, right? So is the Gal the Galileo we lost? They that was the Spock's first command, right? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. They they beam them out of there as it's as it's disintegrating. Is that however that one ends? In which I'm case, that's, I guess how. But no, because it can't be because it's it's here. So that must not be it. They save it. Maybe we don't know how the Galileo goes missing, but we definitely see a Galileo too later. 
I do remember that. And there's Ensign Garavik is in whatever episode that was that he was involved in, yeah. What was the thing that they were all living in? Was that it looked like an abandoned ship or something? Is that what that was? I, I couldn't. I was confused there. That's what I. Was this thinking. isn't. Are they? Are they not native to this planet? Maybe. See, that's something that really wasn't explained. Like I, at first, I kind of thought maybe this is some sort of relic Starfleet ship, but yeah, I don't think it was ever fully explained where that other. Because if they were native to this planet, surely there'd be a heck of a lot more of them, right? They wouldn't have a big, big ship. Yeah, and they must be pre-warp because there's that conversation there too oh okay those things are you know probably not designed to be overthought <laughs> so if we think about it too much we break it but but i think your point is is pretty valid adam i would think for um younger people this is probably makes a lot of sense and there are other episodes that we've talked about in the series that are a little more complex and deeper meanings but i mean i think if you do that every single time you might you wear out the audience yeah sometimes you want something fun even even adults get your fun episode. What's this episode about? Well, if we look at the beginning of the episode, you know, the crew of the Protostar, they're they're intent on wanting to get the Starfleet, but I mean they're they're noble in their in their pursuit of this because they don't want to, you know, inflict this weapon on them. But uh, you know, to the values of Starfleet, they're going to continue on with the mission, you know, answer distress calls, you know, seek out new life. And so when that kind of gets reinforced Throughout this episode, you know, Dow and the and the other crew, they're down. They see these other people who know far less about Starfleet than they do, and how committed they are. So it it re, I, I believe that it's it's kind of that's trying to just reinforce our Protostar crew's decision of what they're doing, you know, and it makes them, you know, makes them feel good about doing it. You know, that's kind of what I took from this episode. I think it also um, it kind of reinforces the gravity of what Starfleet does, given the long-term effects of this relatively small incursion of sorts in 100 years ago in this culture uh, and what, what happened to them. Obviously, totally one of these situations where they built a culture around it kind of thing, but it's also the radiation part and the impact. So I think all that together just kind of reinforces the notion of how big of a deal Starfleet can be and how big of a responsibility it is to be cautious in dealing with other cultures. I did have this down. I forgot to mention that. I found it funny. This, this shuttlecraft's been there for a hundred plus years. It's been blowing all this stuff. I mean, and within five minutes of they, them getting there, it's about to fall off. Yeah. That's a good timing. What are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> they don't do much with it, but I, I like this, um, the duality there of, Starfleet pretenders meeting the Starfleet pretenders, you know, it, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. gives them an, a, a different way to kind of look at themselves. And I guess right. that's probably by the end of it is where we kind of get to where they maybe just upholding some of the ideals is the equivalent of the thing, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's do six degrees for all the world's a stage. Uh, Steve. Uh, you brought it up. We learned of the fate of Ensign Garavik. We last saw him assist Kirk to get revenge against that sweet-smelling vapor cloud in what original series episode? The reason I always remember this episode is because they did a VHS set in the 90s called The Captain's Collection, <laughs> and it had four tapes. And the tapes were like, I don't know how you say it, like they were not, they were not like, spine 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 like you'd had normally have Mm -hmm. they were like formed a square that was hollow in the middle and had a cap on the top wow and 
Each episode was supposed to show the captain of original series Next Gen DS9 and Voyager. And the ep- this is the episode that they chose to show off mm. Captain Kirk for who he really was. Interesting choice. Yeah. So uh, that meant I watched it a lot because I had the tape. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But uh, that's why I remember the name. Yeah, I think uh, Obsession, right? Yes, sir. Obsession. Okay. That's right. Yeah, this is not what I like. What is the quintessential episode that shows Captain Kirk's leadership and his leadership style? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Obsession, for sure. Mm, I don't know about that. Yep, Obsession. All right, Steve has one moving on. Crossroads, Season 1, Episode 14. Original release date, November 17th, 2022. Directed by Steve Ahn and Sung Shin. Written by Lisa Schultz Boyd. Guest cast include Jason Alexander as Dr. Noom. Kimberly Brooks as Commander Cassith. Billy Campbell as Thaddeus Okona. Davi Diggs as Commander Tysis. And Jamila Jamil as Asensia. decide to reach Starfleet with a different ship and bury the protostar near a busy transport hub. A man named Okan overhears their need and offers travel, but is arrested for smuggling, leaving the crew to split up, searching for alternative transportation. Admiral Janeway at the same hub is looking for Frex and realizes that the crew of the protostar are there. Starfleet. Uh, thank you, officer. More like Ensign. Essentia. Gwen. Gwendala? Do I know you? No, but I know your father. He's on our ship. <gasps> I- I'm sorry. I, th- I think you have me mistaken. No, he's been looking for you. <sighs> I know oh. you're in trouble, but you must tell me where the protostar is. I-, I have to go. Wait! A lot of stuff happens in this episode. Adam, get us going on Crossroads. So getting into Crossroads, the crew is trying to come up with a way to reach Starfleet. You know, the this weapon that's aboard the ship, it'll infest any Starfleet ship with any signal, any, you know, maybe even just looking at another ship, it'll infest it. So it's pretty deadly. So the crew, obviously, they they decide to hide the ship and they go to this hub. Um, Janeway, on, you know, who we've seen kind of periodically up until this episode, um, through this um, second half of the first season, um, is also at this hub. So she's a big part of this episode um, looking looking for Frex, the commander who was aboard the space station or the 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 hub that communications hub that blew up. So yeah, we have the crew. It's the first time we get to see the, the our protostar crew interact with Starfleet and specifically with Janeway. So it's a it's a it's a it's a series moving episode and it's kind of a big plot point episode because as an audience we've been waiting for this this meetup between the real actual vice admiral janeway and the crew of this protostar i'm not so sure why they couldn't just come out and say the truth i don't know if they drew i don't know if the writing drove that home enough why they had to run so i'm still a little bit of confusion i get it a little bit but i think that was weak i mean there's there's some weakness there that they couldn't you know dal couldn't just say Abdal, and just tell a story to Janeway because that's who they're looking for. So I didn't quite get that part of the episode, but overall, yeah, it's it's entertaining. Like you said, Brian, a lot happens, and um, yeah, it moves the series. I remember feeling a little bit like that, but I I try to look at it from their point of view, Dal's point of view. They don't know Starfleet like we know Starfleet. Their only real Starfleet interaction was Numbnuts, Barnes, Frex. They certainly don't know Janeway. 
the way do that we do. So I don't know. I, I it's not a, a complete uh, stretch that they react the way they do. He does have that line about they maybe think we blew up their station and kidnapped the last protostar captain. <laughs> but you're right. Like the pr- the proof is on the ship that they didn't do. What that, are they so. planning? What's the plan after they get on the protostar? You know, um, I don't know. Uh, Steve, your first thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. This is a um, a big a big episode in the series. You know, where where things start to kind of come together. I, I like. I think it's an interesting choice with this uh, bringing Okona here. We and we saw him in a lower decks episode too, right? So such an odd guy to bring back. You know, from one episode of Next Gen. Um, but anyway, the uh, uh, we you know see the evolution stuff of Murph. So some of the characters, you know, character development here a bit. Literal metamorphosis. Yes, yes. Uh, the Zindi uh, peer, that's interesting. And we reference. Seen have we seen them since Enterprise Season 3? Uh, if we have, I don't recall. You know, and I mean, it, there may have been throwaway lines on Lower Decks or something like they do, you know, but I, I, that's all I can recall. Star Trek Beyond had some kind of a reference to them, didn't it? Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, I don't think we saw anybody, maybe like footage or something. Sure, sure. But yeah, I thought it was entertaining, and it's definitely an action-packed kind of thing. The I thought the whole snow stuff with the land speeder kind of things felt very Star Wars-like to me when it got when it started getting in the snow and with things running fast on land. That's what I thought. But that parka thing that Dal wears looks like yeah. Han Solo's parka. Right, that probably had made it more so. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool though. He looks good. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's too easy to fire a torpedo on a ship, you know. I mean, they can just like lean against yeah. a console. You, you'd think it would be kind of like a control alt delete thing, you know. You'd at have least, to at like... least one extra button. <laughs> right, right. Not to mention, it was very specifically an aft torpedo. <laughs> right, right. It's just bad luck all around. The the big huge button on the left, you know, just aft torpedoes, boom. You know, just... <laughs> no code, no like no, DNA, just... no no DNA or <laughs> right, right. So that must have all get, got messed up in the last. You remember when they changed everything around? So this one. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, that's it. And clearly, those things don't have a shelf life because that torpedo must have been sitting there for a while. Right, right. I like that they they could have dragged out this whole thing, like with the Protostar crew encountering Starfleet and specifically Jane Admiral Janeway, the real Janeway. That could have been dragged out forever. True. And I like that it just happens. And it just happens right here, right now, very quickly. It was a clever way to bring them together, you know, with the Frax carry. So they had this obviously planned out in advance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that there, this is the answer to your the question you asked a couple episodes ago, Adam. Do we see Frex again? Yes, we do. There he is. Uh, fan favorite character returns. <laughs> right. Just people dressing up like him at Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, my God. Born as Frex. Oh my gosh! Do you guys watch the latest uh, Lower Decks? Yeah, <laughs> the two of them with the mustache. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. I'm not saying the character just to not spoil anything for people that haven't watched it. But it is very funny. So for the audience out there, a real quick for the I had this in my notes. I'm like, what is it? Janeway just um, kind of like in the Wrath of Khan, just order the protostar to <laughs> enter the codes and order the protostar to stand out. Something indicated that we were Delta Quadrant E, right? And now we're like near the neutral zone. I feel like maybe we jumped some space at some point or something. Yeah. I don't know. They, they had a problem well, jumping they, some point. They, yeah, they can go really fast. So, you know, that know. is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and then they mentioned that the Dauntless is a quantum slipstream drive, which is a Voyager reference, too. So it's obviously got its own special speed and stuff. So I remember them kind of playing up that they were bringing um, a Kona. Lower Decks, I think it was just, it was just like the 
you saw the character or something, right? He didn't talk or anything. It, they didn't actually bring back the actor. I don't recall for sure. But I was a little surprised at how little he had to do here. And, I mean, he's in the next episode, right? Because he's on the ship. But there are times when you can bring things into the show, fan favorite stuff, nostalgia-y stuff, and it makes it feel maybe a little small, like the previous episode we discussed today. It makes the universe feel small. That that happened to it, you know, that they they encounter this this species that specifically took on the seventeen oh one culture and you know uh, replicate James T Kirk and Sulu and Bones and Spock and that is one of the few Enterprise shows we've had. So it kind of makes the sh- it makes the universe of Star Trek seem a little small or something. But what I like about when you bring a random rando character like Kakona back, it doesn't have that feeling at all. I mean, if you know who he is, and fine. And if you don't, it's fine. Whatever. I love that moment when, after they escape, but before they leave the planet, and they get in the protostar, and it rises out of the snow, and you see Janeway and her crew standing there watching it, and then she's like, the music swells, and she's like, beam us up. Dauntless, Dauntless beam us up. Yeah, that's cool. That's a group. It was a really like feature level moment mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was yeah. sweet. You oh, could, you could kind of hear the um, Chikino <laughs> uh, Kelvin theme or something as it's rising. It's, it's cool. It's good. Then, of course, we end on the sort of almost the cliffhanger feeling there of the Romulan birds of prey saying, don't enter the neutral zone. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So yeah, we're we're in it now. We're we're deep into the the serialized story to finish out the season. I like that scene with Janeway because that's the Janeway that we that we kind of came to really know towards the end of Voyager. This you know very headstrong and will will break the rules if if need be. You know, as opposed to the where the holographic Janeway is much more mothery type character. You get the very you get a very good distinction between the the two there towards the end of this episode what is this episode about well this is a series mover honor i mean you know these kids have honor they they don't want to have starfleet infected with this they don't want to cause the harm that it would would cause so they're trying to do everything they can to keep this ship away from starfleet until they can figure out a way to safely tell them or or get it to them so that's been kind of the, the prime motive, especially the, you know, the second half of the season. So that's kind of what I took out of it. Yeah. I think it, it's one of those kind of episodes that because it's just a pivotal moment where they have to tell a, tell part of a story over the course of a, of a season like this, it's, um it's difficult to identify exactly what it might be trying to say. It's more like a component of the, of the season as a whole, which is, is as you described, it's, it's this notion of sacrifice and having to kind of just you know, deal with the hardship of not being able to just take an easy route to get something done because you're protecting somebody else and um, finding, finding a, trying to find a, a solution to this problem of getting to them and getting without infecting them and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a kind of a component of this, of the season as a whole. Yeah, it's kind of like an arc episode. Of- yeah. To six degrees for crossroads, Adam, Billy Campbell reprises his role from Next Gen as Thaddeon Okona. He last played the role in what episode 
of next gen. And I'm going to give you a hint on this one. The blank Akona. The outrageous? Yes, sir. Would you have gotten it if I hadn't given you the hint? Maybe I should have let you try first. <laughs> I actually, I actually looked it up before the show, so I kind of cheated. I was like, well, oh. I <laughs> So, oh, all right. Did my homework on this one. Well, this it was a this was an easy one to, to look through because when I was looking up the synopsis, it said, "Oh, a character from Next Gen." Yeah, I'm like, okay. yeah, probably, probably. Well, <laughs> you both had episode title questions today, and you both got them. Bravo, bravo! Your checks in the mail. <laughs> the Blu-ray for these episodes comes out this week, and unfortunately, we all had to watch it still via iTunes because we have to we had to record so early in the week because of some scheduling issues um but in two weeks we're definitely going to be watching the blu-rays i'm looking forward to that um actually i was looking at the list we've only got three more podcast episodes to finish out prodigy's first season and there's some good stuff in there including the one that i was so excited about that to me was like prodigy's city on the edge of forever (laughs) So I'm I'm excited to watch, rewatch that one and cool. see if it I still feel the same way about it. I have a feeling I will. Oh, Brian, I did want to mention you know our pre-show. You mentioned that you were watching Foundation. Yeah, this has um, Rosanna has directed at least one episode in the second season. Yeah, I saw her name on the first season, and I saw an interview with her. One of the Trek sites had an interview with her where she talked about when David Goyer approached her and said, "This is sci-fi, but it's." Not Star Trek at all, and that made her interested. So yeah, she she directs a. If she did one in season one, she's obviously doing done one and two because I saw her saw her up on the credits and recently. Season two has a scope aspect ratio. Season one was just boring old two point <laughs> splitting the difference. But season two, there, it's funny because season two, a foundation they didn't update the main title, so the main title sequence is still. <laughs> Oh, that app. 2.0 or whatever, but then the actual show is is scope, which I like. And yeah. Well, and, we, and from a Star Trek thing, uh, the Ron Moore Apple TV show, uh, For All Mankind, that has a season four launch date to October, I believe. I think it's next month. So I haven't watched it, but Adam said it was good. So I'm going to watch it because obviously I like his Star Trek stuff, but I really love Battlestar. So. I'm sure it's good. And I'm going to watch it now that there's another season coming out. The writer's strike ending. So one component to moving forward. Uh, all right. So we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Star Trek Prodigy. Until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending an hour, half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.